Welcome back to Sleep for Performance Radio. Audio abstract again. Today we're looking at sleep in swimmers. So this paper was published in the European Journal of Sports Science in 2014 by uh, Charlie Sargent, Shona Halson and uh, Greg Roach. So Charlie is at the Appleton Institute of Central Queensland University. Shona used to be at the AIS, Australian Institute of Sport. And Greg is also um, with the Appleton Institute uh, with Charlie. So this paper is pretty interesting and the reason I chose this paper is because I've been doing a lot of swimming lately and people ask a lot of questions about timing of swimming training and so on and so what is, what is better. So in in this paper they actually looked at the relationship between uh, training, duration, training timing, sleep of the athletes and so on. And so we all know from listening to this podcast, or probably if you are a listener, you know, probably realize or have some interest or know that sleep is important for recovery and obviously helps for next day performance. And so in this study, it was very interesting to look at how sleep affected swimmers because traditionally swimming in the Western world seems to be done at crazy odd times pretty early in the morning. So for this study... Uh, it was conducted at the Australian Institute of Sport um, in Canberra, in Australia. If anybody's been there, pretty uh, sleepy town, even though it's the capital. Uh, they recruited seven nationally competitive swimmers. There was one female and six male. Now, to give you an idea of the caliber of these athletes, out of the seven that were recruited for this study, six of these athletes went to the um, Olympics in 2008 in Beijing so we're talking about high caliber and Australia is probably one of the best if not the best swimming nations in the world so um can't question the eliteness of these athletes here so yeah pretty interesting so the study was run over a 14-day period at the AIS so all the athletes actually stayed at the Australian Institute of Sport there is uh, accommodation there specifically for the athletes so the sleeping environment was consistent across all the athletes um, like I said, it was a 14-day period. In that 14-day period, they had 12 days of training and two rest days. So over a 14-day block, two rest days, 12 training days. Out of those 12 training days, eight of those days, they were doing two-a-days, so they were swimming twice a day. Those sessions, the timing of those, the first session was 0600 in the morning to 0800. And the second session was from 1600 to 1800 in the afternoon. So for uh, people non, not familiar with those scientific uh, ways of depicting time or not military type people, that's 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 4 and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So two a days, so two sessions in a day. On the re- remaining four training days, they only trained once from 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock in the morning. Now what blew me out of the water pun intended, was the distance that they actually swam in these sessions. So on average in the morning, they were swimming um, 6.6 k's, right? So it's pretty long. Uh, Sorry, in the afternoon and in the morning training session, sorry, the morning training session was 6.6 and in the afternoon session, 6.2 kilometers. So over that, compl- over that whole 14 days, they swam 128.8 kilometers. So quite uh, quite a lot of swimming. God, if I do three Ks, I, I feel great, but six and a half. Oh God, I don't know how I'd ever be able to do that, Sonia, to be young again. 
To measure sleep in this study, the athletes used the actigraphy device, it's the Philips Respironics device, and they also had um, a sleep diary as well as sleep and training diary. So they recorded the normal kind of things you do um, in these training diaries and sleep diaries as well. And the variables then that were extracted from the devices were the bedtime, so when the athletes went to bed, what time they got up, how much time they spent in bed, sleep onset latency, the time it takes to fall asleep, sleep duration, how much time they actually slept, the sleep efficiency, so it's a a quality measure, wake after sleep onset, how much wake did they wake up throughout those sleep periods, Uh, daytime nap duration, and then total sleep time. So what did they actually find in this paper or this study? Well, first thing we need to look at is some of the characteristics of these athletes in terms of physical characteristics. If we look at their um, height, they were 184 centimetres, so pretty tall, weighed in about 77.7 kilos, pretty lean, puts them in a BMI, a body mass index of approximately 22.7, so a slap bang in the middle of a, of a normal healthy weight range, and they were aged approximately 22 and a half years of age so quite young no wonder no wonder they were able to uh, undertake these six and a half k sessions in the pool whereas i probably would have drowned by then anyway so let's have a look at some of the data so when we look at the data that was extracted from the actigraphy device and in conjunction with the sleep and training diaries we see a marketable difference between the measures of sleep on training days versus those rest days. So remember there was 12 training days and two rest days. So to give you a bit of an idea, on average of a training day, athletes went to bed at 10.05. They got up at approximately 10 to 6 or 05.48. So remember, training started at six, so they're basically rolling out of bed and, and going training. Not much time there to kind of wake up and move, but I suppose you're trying to optimize all of that time in bed. Um, if that was me, I'd probably have to get up a little bit earlier, but then again, everybody's a little bit different. So that time in bed resulted in 7.7 hours in bed, but the actual sleep duration was only uh, five and a half hours sleep, really, by the, time, by the time they fell asleep, any overnight wakings that they may have had as well. Whereas on the rest days, they were going to bed later at half 10, but they weren't getting up till nearly 10 a.m. So we can see that the, um, the sleep timing was significantly delayed when they were allowed to kind of free run. Athletes had um, about 9.3 hours in bed, which resulted in a little over seven hours sleep. So just inside the seven to nine hours recommended. Um, although not great, still better than the 5.4 on the on the training days. Um, so, yeah, quite different here between training days and rest days. Now, one of the reasons this may be happening is due to the age of the athletes. We know in sort of teenagers and early adults or young adults that a lot of them tend to be more of an owl chronotype, go to bed late and get up late. And when they're on the rest days here, that seems to be what is occurring. Um, and they're making up or sleep duration by virtue of a later wake time the next morning so nearly 10 a.m compared to just before six under training days so you know you could kind of look at this and go hmm are they really training in line with their chronotype and are they is this training time actually helping them become better swimmers i would argue that maybe this training time the imposition of these early training morning um more early morning training sessions are actually curtailing the amount of sleep that they're getting a reduced in the sleep duration um, due to their age. So um, 
it's quite interesting when you see it. What is interesting as well is that the night before training, this less time in bed occurs as well. So not just are going to bed later, but they spend less time in bed, um, which is resulting, like we said, in lower sleep duration. And then when we start looking at measures of quality, such as sleep efficiency, we see on training days, sleep efficiency is very low at 70%, whereas on rest days, it's come back up to 77%. So, you know, it's really, it's an interesting question to ask. And a lot of swimming culture and times of swimming has been probably developed from a young age where training squads or swimming groups couldn't get access to pools at those times. But, um, it seems to curtail the amount of sleep that these athletes do get. Now, if we throw in other things like the athlete is working during the day, the athlete is studying during the day or doing something else and doesn't have the time to get a nap during the day or rest, this may have some significant effect on the athlete's ability to recover in the short term. Also, we know that long-term sleep deprivation may be harmful as well. Um, and it may be just in the case that as young athletes, they can override it and for a short amount of time we also know that swimmers don't generally last too long um, it's not a you don't see too many people in their 40s swimming competitively at the olympics and so it's not too uncommon for people to be aged 25 and be completely retired so one may argue that focusing on sleep and recovery may not only help short-term performance but also may help the athletes stay in that sport even longer so yeah quite an interesting paper looking at the sleep duration the timing of sleep um in conjunction with the training schedules and so yeah not great really <laughs> these early morning training sessions so if you're an adult swimmer and you're not getting very much sleep you may want to look at the time you go swimming because training early in the morning doesn't mean that you're going to be uh, basically up swimming at the optimal time for yourself and you could be inducing a high amount of sleep deprivation that's carrying through in the week and particularly if you're training day in day out or you're training for a big event so yeah maybe play around with yourself try different swimming times different sleep duration different sleep timing to see if it increases your sleep duration even if it's only self-reported and just know how you feel as well by maybe training in the afternoon or at lunchtime um, or even in the evening after work and see if that actually helps in um, improving your sleep duration your sleep efficiency and your performance as well Okay, so that's this week's audio abstract, and that paper was Sleep or Swim, Early Morning Training Severely Restricts the Amount of Sleep Obtained by Elite Athletes. We'll put the link to this in the show notes. It's the European Journal of Sports Science, and you can go and seek out that article and have a read yourself. Until next week, sleep well.